the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 128. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now onto the show. Hello. 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 (laughs) How are you? I am good. I'm okay. Uh, Good. I'm getting ready to go on my big trip. I know. So I know. Um, can we just talk about that jumpsuit that arrived <laughs> at my house? <laughs> that gorgeous silk, beautiful, is that what you would call it? A jumpsuit or what it's would you call suit? it? Sure. <gasps> it's a jumpsuit. It has like genie legs and uh, kind of an easy flowy top part to it. And um, uh, the colors are just my favorite. Beautiful. So yeah. beautiful. Sexy. Um, so all silk? All silk. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I am the lucky recipient. Um, I'm going to be wearing this gorgeous handmade, um, hand-designed jumpsuit by Sandra to Morocco. It belongs in Morocco, does it, it not? It does belong in Morocco. And I'm going to, and it covers my knees and it covers my shoulders. So I'm allowed to wear it and out in public. So we'll just see where I wear it. Yeah. There's one excursion that we have going to a place called La Paz, P A U S E, which I think sounds perfect. And it's for an evening out. And I think we're getting henna tattoos on our hands and having a beautiful meal at this place in the middle of the desert, I believe. Um, so I feel like it would be the place to have a really great photo op. So <laughs> that's, oh, that's sure. going to be worn. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, henna will go with that jumpsuit so well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stay tuned on my Instagram account if you would yeah, like to see more of Sandra's. Instagram worthy right there. I can see it already. Totally. So yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a quiet time on Instagram right now, but it's going to be rare to go for Morocco because I, I can't, I have to share. I have to share. Oh yeah. The colors. Oh, it's just going to be a visual feast. Yeah. It's going to be good. Well, yes. since the last time we talked, I had a birthday turned 49. I know. I know. And, um, 
I'm settling into it quite fine. And I just keep thinking about getting older and um, being sober, Sandra. Mm. So grateful. Mm -hmm. So grateful. And I was thinking about it. Um, I had written an essay when I turned 43 and that was the beginning of my journey. I think back to myself when I look back at it, I can see it now, like starting to tell the truth more, writing more honestly, um, put myself out there to get published, like just started taking little chances on myself. And I'm so glad I did. And it's six years later and I'm just, I, I know that I can do anything that I set my mind to now, you know, it's just if I want to do it or if it feels right. Right. At least you have the, the chance, the, mm -hmm. the opportunity is available. Yeah. So take it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in a good place and good. you know, life is not, you know, life is not perfect. And, but I know that I, since I'm sober and I'm more clear, I can handle things now. So, um, that's good. What about you? What's been going on with you? Um, you know, I won't drag you guys into it again, but <laughs> mm. just moving and, you know, there will be life on the other side of, of moving and it will look yeah. different than life has looked up to now and change is hard, change is hard. Yeah. But yeah, all of that. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I could almost compartmentalize that part, although it is like I'm living in it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, everything else is really great. My writing class is so fun and I'm producing a lot of work right now mm -hmm. and I have a lot of fodder actually too. There's a lot to write about. <laughs> um, I, my improv class is, is hard right now because we're learning this improv style or format and it's, and it's very heady and hard, but it's challenging. And, um, so that's great too. And so, yeah, I'm being creatively challenged a lot right now and it's really, it's really fun. Mm growth, right? You're going to, that's it is growth. Yeah. Well, this is going to air in mid September and you're going to, you're working on your program still, right? I am. And so mid September, uh, look out for it to be launched. If you get my newsletter, mm. you'll get an early announcement with an, with a discount, um, on the enrollment, but yes, I'm turning change your story into a group experience and it's going to be so good. I love it. Oh, yeah. I hope it's wildly successful. I hope so too. I yeah. hope so too. And, and, you know, five people could be successful for me, but yeah. I'm just excited to do it. Like it's, I'm motivated because it's going to be so fun, I think. And it's going to be, I mean, I mean, for me, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's going to be fun. That's a priority, but it's also going to be productive and all that, all of that dynamic. Mm. Well, we shared a student uh, this summer and mm. she gave me some feedback and she said, uh, and maybe she gave it to you, uh, but she said, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but you and Sandra's programs really complement one another. She told me the same. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we should 
me and Sandra should talk about that. Uh-huh. I know. So, I wrote it. I wrote that. myself a note and thank you for reminding me. <laughs> it's in my other notebook, actually, that's not in front of me. Um, but yeah, she she told me how really specifically how they complimented each other. I really mm. appreciated that feedback. Yeah. So, okay, well, sign up. The, your newsletter is the best place to hear about what's going on when discounts yep. are rolling out, when the program's rolling out. So yeah, how can they get their, your newsletter? At theinruffle.com, you just scroll down to the home bottom of the homepage. I don't have those pop-up things. So you just got to use your little mousy finger and scroll down <laughs> to the bottom work, of the Work for it, people. It's not that hard. Just do it. <laughs> I'm not going to force a thing to pop up into your face. So you just got to scroll down to the bottom and sign yeah. up. Yeah. Good. Uh, okay. Let's get started. Should we jump into this episode? Yeah, let's jump in. This is a kind of a heavy or a heady topic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, we're both kind of motivated to talk about it today. Yeah. So let's see. I was going to start with just by, I, um, the last episode that we did, we talked about asking for help. Right. And this is a, this episode is going to be about how I did that. And it's also going to be about, um, it started with manipulation. That was kind of the topic that we had started with where it's going to end up. We'll see. Um, but it was kind of how to handle a situation. And Sandra was instrumental in helping me um, get to the other side. And I wanted to share that because we share things on the podcast and then you and I have texts going and phone calls and um, you help me in many other ways, especially since I know you've worked the 12 steps, you kind of speak a language that um, I know you and I understand. Right. And that is what I, I get a lot of help from women in the program. And there's other women that I, that have been on the show that I reach out to as well that have uh, work the steps that I know like oh, I'm stuck and I need some help and I know that they speak my same language too. So it all started with some early morning texts as, as it often does, right, Sandra? <laughs> <laughs> so I reached out to Sandra. I was having a situation where I felt like I was being super manipulated and it was really hard. And so I told her, I was like, I've, I feel like I'm being manipulated I've backed off. Um, I've let, tried to let go. I'm trying to do all the things. And then um, the person would come back into my life. And I just, I felt like I needed to detach. I felt like things just were swirling. It just did not feel right. Um, I told Sandra that I was praying. I told her I was writing it all down. I was trying, I mean, I'm just using every tool I had to, to feel emotionally sober. Cause I did not at this point in time. And uh, here's what my wise friend told me. She said, uh, this is a text back from Sandra. I have her permission to read back to you. But she said, this is so interesting. Uh, The topic of manipulation has come up two other times in my world this week. So I'll give you my condensed thoughts since they are very fresh. Manipulation was actually the biggest work I did with my sponsor when I worked the steps. And it's one of those things that's never not a two-way street. If If I feel I'm being manipulated, then I have to look at where I'm manipulative. Am I giving my power away so I'll be liked? Therefore, I'll feel better about myself? Validated and worthy? Question mark. (laughs) Does that make sense in a text box? And I responded, um, yeah. Can you talk on the phone? (laughs) We need to have a call right now. (laughs) 
you immediately, this is triage. We need to like immediately go in. I need, I need your help. You hit it right on the head, Sandra. Right. You, right. Uh, Isn't that interesting though, too, because I, so, so the work I did with manipulation, um, this idea was presented to me like a gift, <laughs> you could say. Uh-huh. And um, when I was working the 12 steps, and it was actually in talking about the sex inventory part uh-huh. of doing your inventory. And I, I know that that's going to make a lot of you guys squeamish. Um, I will, I don't, you know, want to I, I won't give you all the details, um, but I will say that there was one key point that was highlighted to me um, in doing this work, and that was um, how many times did I use, let's say, sex um, as a manipulation tactic to – because for me, I always thought, oh, well, you know, I just, mm, that was, that was a powerful choice I was making. That was actually me taking some agency, uh, you know, if I had say one night stands or whatever. And that's um, how you explained it. Right. Right. That was my story that I had always told myself. And she presented another option and that was um how many times to look at it this way how many times uh was i actually being manipulative because i wanted someone else to do the job of making me feel better about myself okay pause yes can you say that again (laughs) how are you Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Sorry. How are you being manipulative? Because I wanted someone else to have the job mm. of making me feel good about myself. Instead of you making you feel Instead good about yourself. Instead of me making me feel good about myself. So that's the opposite of agency, right? Right. Right. Okay. That is giving that power to someone else. Yeah. So, so that so is often, huge, Sandra. Right. That is huge. I'm just sorry. Right. I'm having to digest it. Yeah. So it is. It's it's big work. So often, if you are if your story is that you're being manipulated, that you are being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. um, which I could revert back to that story as well. Mm-hmm. It's always then a two way street because if you are if you think that someone's taking advantage of you, they can't take it unless you're giving it to them. Right. Yeah. And that is really hard to look at. Yes, it is. And that is where I was. I was at this very uncomfortable place. And your analogy of that, because when I got that, at first I paused for a second, you know, I wanted the phone call with you, but then I'm like, I'm not being manipulative. Like I'm hello, I'm the victim here. (laughs) I'm the, I'm the person that this is being done to. I am, you know, but I knew it as soon as I read those words from you, it pinged me in such a way that I knew it was true. Right. And I guess I thought manipulative was more of a, like an action, like, um, 
like a sneaky thing. That's kind of where I went to first. I was like, I'm not being sneaky about anything. I'm trying to work this out. I'm trying to work it through the steps. I'm in my morning pages, writing and writing and writing. I'm, I'm really being active and trying to solve this. But when you said like, do I want to be liked basically? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this thing for this person because I want to be liked? Do I want to feel better about myself? Do I want to be validated? Do I want to feel worthy? Yes, 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 and yes. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that pinged me, that's what pinged me. Because I thought, forget the word for a minute. What Sandra just described is exactly what's going on here. I want to be liked. I want to be quote unquote good. My defect of wanting the gold star and the blue ribbon and the trophy all came up. And this person isn't going to give me that. <laughs> Right. Right. That's not their job. Not their job. Not their job. So what happened is that you and I got on the phone and had this really great conversation and I took notes and I, I, I was just kind of, you were downloading all this beautiful wisdom to me and um, I had to kind of sit down and sift through it all. And what you, you pointed out, um, about a, a podcaster that you listen to. Right. It's, it's an Enneagram podcast that I just really love. It's called the Enneagram journey and it's by um, Suzanne Stabil, who is a, um, she's an Enneagram expert. She does workshops. She, she actually lives in Texas. She lives in Dallas. Yeah. Um, and she works with her husband a lot, who is a pastor priest. I'm not really sure what mm-hmm. his title is. Um, but I just love her. She kind of has a Southern accent. She just, I don't know. She makes me feel warm and cozy listening to her. Plus she's just very smart about the Enneagram, but she's a, she's a two on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And so, um, which you were starting to identify as a two, I think as well. And so that's why I shared this with you. She says that every day in her morning, like prayer and meditation, when she's setting her intentions for the day, she asks herself, what is mine to do? Yeah. And that's just a helpful like uh, intention for her to set for herself every day. It was, it was so helpful. I wrote that at the top of this page in my morning pages, little composition notebook. And I think what I came up with pretty quickly when I was talking to you on the phone, at least I think I did, um, what is mine to do is what you, what you asked. And I really quickly wrote down, like the first thing that came to my mind was stop over functioning. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that came from a place I've been told that before by um, someone that I worked with, like you're over functioning. Why are you over functioning? Well, I over function because I want the gold star. Right. You want to be liked and. And I don't validate it and told you're good, doing a good job. Right. And, and I, it's so a part of me, Sandra, that it's really hard for me to see. Oh yeah. So much of how, um, I just had a, a my solar return chart read by Natha um, Campanella, who's been on the show. And we talked about that little girl, Tammy from way back when that shut down her intuition um, that started pleasing people because that was more important because that was how you got by. That was how I felt safe. <clears throat> so that popped up for me too, thinking like the overfunctioning is how I got praise. The overfunctioning is is how I felt worthy. Right. You know. So all of those questions that you asked me, it was like I, this. This is all true. This is all. Um, 
I do want to be validated. I want to be right. I want to be the wise one sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though that doesn't sound very humble, I feel like I have information and I, sometimes I feel like, well, if they just listened to me and do what I said, everything would just be fine. Work out just great. (laughs) Hello. Why isn't everybody on my program here? You know? And then that's the important part of working a quote unquote program. I don't mind using those words because I'm designing a program every day of how I want to live. And I want to be a better person, but I have to look at these things, these shadow sides or whatever it is. Like I have to look at, um, where it's not serving me. Right. And you know, we all have, we all have our blind spots to the things that aren't serving us. I mean, I'm sure that you could easily point out mine to me and I would just be like, la, 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 la. Um, (laughs) And that would, that would be it actually. (laughs) Right. Reframing everything that I don't want to look at into something uh, positive. That's not a problem at all. What do you know? Um, well, yeah, we all have, we all have our, we all have our blind spots and, you know, that's why it's helpful to have friends that, um, are working a good, like you said, a quote unquote program, whatever that program might be. Yeah. And I knew, I knew that I, um, well, I, I was just reading my notes about you. I just kind of went on about you in my little pages and I was like, Sandra is just really wise. And I feel super lucky. And I want to tell you this, Sandra, I feel so lucky to have you as a friend and a confidant. Like it's another level too, that I know you're not going to go tell my business to everybody, even oh, though we're, right. I'm, I'm going to tell it right here, right now. Like you were a trusted. So if you have a trusted friend, if you don't have a sponsor, if you have a trusted friend or a confidant, like it's a, it's a great way to get a mirror, you know, get the mirror pointed back at you in a way that I could receive and hear because I respect you. Right. Um, so, so the thing, like after I, I think maybe, uh, after we got off the phone, I wrote down a couple of notes and I just said, this is how I ingested kind of what you said. I said, um, Sandra told me that honesty was the antidote to manipulation. Mm-hmm. That was so wise, Sandra, like, right. Honesty is honest. the antidote to everything. Right. It <laughs> but, is really, yes, yes. Well, it is the antidote really to everything. Yeah. You can definitely use it, it just life in general, but specifically for this thing too, it's, it's definitely the antidote. Yeah. And you suggested that I look at myself and see where I was being manipulative. Did I require this person to like me to feel worthy or to feel like I was a good person? Was I trying, um, was I tying up my worthiness um, as a friend to her? Um, Was I, you know, what was my part in things is what we got down to. Right. What is my part? Which I know how to do that kind of from doing the fourth step, you know, like you name the, the person you have a resentment against. What was the cause? What was the effect? And then what was your part in it? So I can go there pretty quickly sometimes and go, oh, what's my part? But I had to really unpack it mm-hmm. because I couldn't really see my part because I felt pretty self-righteous, actually. Yeah. Validated. And you're, that you're, yeah. I felt you're, very self-righteous that I was in the right here. Yeah. So after I got off the phone with you, like I said, I wrote down and I thought about some things and it was really, uh, 
it was really key. It was important that, um, that I take a look at this. And so the, my writing for the week was centered around this because I had a problem to solve and it was consuming me. And if a problem is consuming you or consuming me, I don't feel emotionally, uh, grounded. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was spinning out a little bit. And why was that? Because I couldn't control somebody else or because I couldn't, you know, it was like, and if, if this is the one situation that this is happening in, I know there's other situations in my life that's happening and it must be. Mm -hmm. So to, to kind of tackle this big one, since it kind of had served, you know, bubbled to the top, I felt like if I could really dig in and solve this problem, it was going to lead me to solve some other problems that were yet to be revealed. And so right. I embraced the work. Mm -hmm. um, what I did next, Sandra, was that I called my sponsor and I asked her first, I told her, you know, kind of how you and I had talked. I told her the things that you had pointed out. Um, I told her the problem and, and very quickly she said, I need you to stop finger pointing. So <laughs> I felt like, like, like she was my elementary school teacher. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I need you to stop finger pointing. And I was like, but I'm just telling you the situation. <laughs> he was like, mm, you're finger pointing at this other person. I need you to point the finger at yourself, which is kind of another version of saying like what you were saying. Right. You know, like look at yourself. What is your part in this? Right. Um, and so she says, can you very quickly tell me like, what, what is your, what's your part? Like, what do you see? when you, when you see the situation and you're having a resentment is what it sounds like. And I'm like, Oh no, no, it's not a resentment. I don't have a resentment. Yeah. It sounds like a resentment. <laughs> so I'm going to call it that. And she was just really succinct and direct with me, which I love. And I said, well, I'm, I, I'm, it's my control. I want to control the situation. Yeah. I said, and I'm, I'm, I am resentful. You're right. I am. It's built into a resentment. And I have a shit ton of judgment. And she was like, all right, there we have it. So let's work with those. <laughs> right. There. Right. And um, we talked about fear. I've never done a fear inventory. I've never done a sex inventory. You brought that up. Um, we skipped over that because I think my sponsor thought she might lose me if we um, dug into that uh -huh. um, based on my situation. I had shared some personal things with her and she said, you know what? We can come back to that when we're done with the 12. We have never gone back to that, but it's a conversation we have. And that it, I know that it's work that I still need to do, but I never did a fear inventory. Did you? Uh, you can do a daily fear inventory. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, how the fear inventory has been presented to me was um, when you have, uh, when you have, when a fear presents itself, like um, uh, no, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I will, I, I will be an irrelevant. Say I'm going to put out this program and no one will buy it. Mm -hmm. And so the question that you can either ask yourself or it's even more helpful if you do it with somebody else. Um, and then what, then what would happen? Well, then, I, you know, I would feel irrelevant. I would feel unloved. Okay. And then what would happen? And then the point of the fear inventory, you're supposed to get to a place where no matter what, 
you're going to be okay. And mm-hmm. you don't have to drink because it always comes back to that. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Well, my fear uh, when this, when we were talking and she said, yeah, what is your fear? And I said that I'm not worthy or that I'm not good, or I'm not going to be quote unquote successful, whatever that means, which sounds kind of silly with a, with a relationship with someone, but I just felt that's, that was my fear. Mm-hmm. And, um, let me pause for a second. I, I, this kind of caught me up in a way, Sandra, that I kind of know since I do talk about, you know, when I did the sixth step, you know, and I'm, I'm writing about my quote unquote defects, right? Judgment was one that I, that, that was huge on my list and that I, I spent a great deal of time writing about and learning judgment from discernment, which is what you and I talk about sometimes and how, you know, we're learning to discern things in sobriety, which is different than having judgment, right? It's a, it's a healthier way, I think, to look at problems. And I, that's what I wanted in this situation. I wanted discernment, but I was too wrapped up in my judgment. I couldn't right. kind of get out of my own way. And um, from talking with her, uh, what we realized is that I just had zero boundaries in right. the situation, like not even one, zero. Mm-hmm. And if I had made them, they had been trampled on. And I hadn't brought it up in about a year to this person. Mm-hmm. So I no longer was pointing the finger out at what this person was doing wrong. I needed to point like, what, what could I change? What was wrong with me? Why was I not respecting my time? Why was I not respecting um, myself? Why was I, I was back to not respecting myself, which is kind of where I started when I was at the end of my drinking, right? I no longer respected myself. My husband asked me why I didn't respect myself. Um, it, it was bringing up so many feelings that were coming from so many different directions. And I'm so grateful that I could write shit down in a notebook, Sandra. I can't impress that enough right now. Like this notebook that I'm looking at right in front of me, just help me work through this problem in a week's time. Like a lot of work where I started is not where I ended up. Mm-hmm. I was pointing out and pointing out the problem with another person. And by the end of the week, I was pointing the finger back at me. And so then I wrote um, what I needed to do. And so I'm just going to read a couple of those, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. Um, I put, I need to focus on what uh, needs to be changed in me, not the other person. I need to own my part. I need to set boundaries. I need to not take things personally. I need to feel worthy. I need to speak honestly. I need to do the work too. This is like a beautiful invitation for me to do the work, this, this, the situation that popped up. Um, I, needed, I need to release resentments. I need to be more direct. <laughs> I need to ask for what I need. I need to ask for help. I need to ask for guidance. And so my sponsor helped me um, figure out some language and some boundaries. And... Um, I kept asking myself, like, how, how do I move forward? How do I, how do I set boundaries really? And we've done an episode on boundaries and I tell you what, they're very elusive to me because I didn't, I I didn't grow up that way, Sandra. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with a whole lot of boundaries. There was very loosey goosey in my household with my um, mom. My dad had firm boundaries, but my mom didn't. And so I spent a lot of time with her. So that was, that was imprinted on me very, very early on. 
Um, okay, so let me get to where, and then I was on Instagram as, as one is, um, and someone had shared something, you know how they do words uh-huh. and it just hit at the right time as it does, right? <laughs> you know, when you have these little synchronicities, you and I talk about these synchronicities and, um, I don't remember where it was from, what book it was from, but she said, um, each crisis is an invitation to serenity. And those words again, kind of rang out to me and I wrote them down. And instead of crisis, because I didn't feel like this was a crisis. It could have um, been. Could have been. Could have been, sure. been on its way to being a crisis. Right. If I didn't address it. And right. Then I, and then I went to a meeting, like you do. And of course, you hear what you need to hear. I hear what I need to hear at meetings. You know, it's very interesting. And the topic that day was on overcoming obstacles. And that word just kind of rang out to me and I wrote it in my little notebook and kept writing it over and over again. And so I thought the way I could, that phrase that I had heard earlier, I thought each obstacle is an invitation to serenity. Like if I tackle that obstacle, if I address it, um, it's really an invitation to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And that's what this situation presented itself. It was like, it was not a crisis. It was not, um, it was heading that way, like you said, but it was also an opportunity, like when things are hard and they pop up, that's an invitation if you choose to look at it that way. Right, right. And I think you and I started, you because of being an Enneagram 2 type, I kind of had, I took another test and um, I have a book, so I'm going to investigate it even more just to see if the things resonate. But on the top, things did resonate, Sandra. You know, they talked about in a type two, like just a basic fear is of being unwanted, unworthy of being loved. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that this situation was going to bring that up for me. But when I looked at it, that was what it was. Mm -hmm. And my basic desire as a two is to be, is to feel loved. And I think I felt guilty about that my whole life. I feel like I had to kind of fight for it, take it where I could get it, you know? And um, the Enneagram too is also kind of a, called the helper or the servant. Right. So I'd like to be of service yet it can be kind of dangerous if I head towards uh, martyrdom, you know? Right. Like I'm being of service, but I also want something in return, which is meaning you're going to have to love me and you're going to have to do it how I want you to do it. Right. Right. Not not healthy. (laughs) That's yeah. That's the sticking point. Yeah. And your text, like when I read the results from this and I did this test during this week of when all this was going on and it talked about unhealthy levels uh, of a two. And the first thing it said was, um, can be manipulative and self-serving instilling guilt by telling others how much they owe you. And then you make them suffer. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, ow. I don't think I'm doing that, but you know what? I, I, yeah. That, that's, that's the unhealthy place, right? That's unhealthy. That's where I was. That's, that's kind yeah. of why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And it talked about how we can be self-deceptive, which I, I, that's, I like that phrase, self, self-deceptive about my motives and how aggressive and or selfish my behavior is. Mm-hmm. So thinking that because this person isn't doing what I want, that, you know, 
they're being selfish. <laughs> right. They're, they're, clearly you're doing it wrong. They're being selfish. They're taking advantage of you. Right. I'm victim. I become yes. a victim and I don't want to be a victim. So the level nine, it was like the highest level of unhealthy level was, um, said able to excuse and rationalize what we do or what they do since they feel abused and victimized by others and are bitterly resentful and angry. Mm -hmm. That's where I was headed. Right. It all goes to resentment. So that the two definitely, I see lots of that in me and that's, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to admit that, but that's not a pretty side. You know, that's not my best self. <laughs> it's not my highest self. <laughs> right, right. Which is why, yeah, which is why the Enneagram is so helpful because it points these things out. Like this is, this mm. is your most unhealthy place. Right. So in the end, I mean, I guess I, it's not tied up with a neat bow because it's, it's still a, a work in progress, but in the end, I, I um, wrote a script um, to have a conversation with this person because I didn't want to get off in 12 different directions. Mm -hmm. um, I shared my feelings. By writing it down, I could keep it really succinct. And scripts are so helpful, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I used are. them when I, when I made amends. On my ninth step amends, I used scripts that my sponsor helped me write. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't like a robot reading them, but they helped keep me on task so that I didn't get, um, cause it's an emotional thing. Um, so that I didn't veer off course and want the other person to apologize to me, which is my natural reaction because I wanted them to own their part in something. Right. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 that's not how it's done. You just own your part. So this script that I wrote was owning my part and what I needed, what kind of boundaries I needed. And I had a five bullet point kind of boundary list. And then um, that was that. And now the other person gets to do with that what they want to do with that and to right. see if that works for them or if that's, um, if that's gonna be okay. And right. if it's not, then they get to decide that, not me. Right. But then you, it does, the, the ball does get lobbed back into your court. Um, in a sense, when you do set a boundary, mm. um, it's only a boundary if there's a consequence, right? Right. And so if That's where I'm that <laughs> person, right. If that person does not, you know, respect the boundary, um, then the consequence, you know, then you have to deliver through. the consequence. Um, if not, then it's just a, a suggestion. It's not a boundary. Right. Um, right. So that's where I'm at. And um, it's still, you know, it's a still work in progress for me, but to be able like in real time, what, the reason I thought that this might be helpful to share and that I was willing to share it was that it was all these different parts. So even though I'm part of a 12-step program, right? It wasn't just all 12-step. It was the Enneagram was involved. <laughs> Morning pages was involved. Texting a friend who also happens to be in the program, but I also talked to other women who were not. Um, you know, and my initial gut reaction would be like, you know, they're not doing the thing that I want. Well, F it. Right. You know, they're wrong. I'm right. And then, and then nothing happens except for more frustration. And more right. turmoil. Because then it becomes a reaction instead of a response. Totally. 
Yeah. That, yeah. I know that doesn't serve me. And again, and I'm going to sound like a broken record a little bit, like all of this comes from what I've learned, Sandra, in working the 12 steps. And I, I know it's attraction, not promotion, and I'm not trying to promote AA. For me, this shit is like revelatory. Like I didn't solve problems this way before. Mm-hmm. I could rarely see my part in things. No. At all. <laughs> Always the victim always the martyr. And I kind of did that proudly, even though the victim, I'm sure I wouldn't admit it back then, but I just felt vindicated. I felt so um, obnoxious, I guess, <laughs> but I just felt, yeah, I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. And gosh, I hope they figure it out. Really <laughs> condescending. And I don't want to be that way anymore. And when, when, you know, talking to you in that that you share, I appreciate that. And that you're sharing with our listeners too, like about what your sponsor said to you and how to get from A to B with manipulation and asking me about my feelings of worthiness. Like you hit it right on the head. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, I, I feel like I should add too, is I'm not in the advice giving business at all. <laughs> I only share my own experience. Yeah. And, and that's another, you know, that's another thing I had to learn. I used to be in the advice giving <laughs> yep. often. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you how you should do this. Right. But we learned that too, right? I've learned that. Like, may I offer a suggestion or would you be open to us? I say that now to, to friends that I'm talking to, like, do you want me to suggest something? No. Okay. Right. Do you want a solution? I'll ask my sister, do you want a solution? She's like, fine. Yeah. And, and sometimes no. Right. No, she's right. usually always open to it though. Or if you just share the, your personal experience. Yep the work that you did around that thing and how it worked out for you. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to, I don't know, offer a suggestion or subtle advice. Just staying in the I, right. The I statements. Exactly. Nobody can really argue with that. No. Right. How it worked for me. And, but again, that's what I learned in the program. Like share your experience, strength, and hope. If you share that, instead of saying what other people need to do, mm-hmm. just share what you did. Share what you did. Point that finger back at myself. Right. Uh, I kind of can't go wrong if I do that. No, no, you can't. And then the person, you know, the, the person that's receiving it can, yeah, either receive it or, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it, at least it is, um, it is it is receivable. I think when it, when it's presented that way, then as what you should do and, you know, unwarranted advice. Yeah. And it's the true, it's, it's, it's the true act of letting go, right? Because I'm only sharing my experience. I am not, and I have to let go of desired outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, That is my work all the time, Sandra. I have to let go of desired incomes with my kid, with his schooling, um, with my husband, um, with my marriage, I, ha- I have to let go of a lot of desired outcomes. Um, I have to deal with what is and what is true for me. And I have to be direct. I have to be honest. I have to do those things that I wrote down what I need. I actually have to do them. 
I have to focus on what needs to be changed. I, I have to set the boundaries. I have to um, speak up and I have right. to release resentments. And how do I do that? Here's how I do it. And I write in the morning in my journal and I do, and I talk to friends and I work it out. I have to take the action. And I think a lot of times um, prior to my learning these new ways is I just didn't take action. I just talked about it, the problem, and never stayed in solution. That, that didn't seem... That didn't seem like a solution to stay a solution. Right. Where is the drama? There's no drama there. Exactly. (laughs) And if that was, if if drama was your very first addiction, which I think it was pretty sure it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no drama in that. There's way more drama in martyrdom and victimhood where you can, you know, gossip and complain about it and how how you've been wronged. That was what you're right. You just, that sums it all up, Sandra. That's kind of where I was going to be headed. If I didn't get some good counsel, some good advice, some good suggestions, whatever you want to call it. If I didn't reach out and ask for help, I, that's where I was headed. It was like a one-way street and that's where I was going to go. And it was going to be a dead end too. Um, but I would have had to, to drama, to drama town, right? <laughs> drama town, USA. I was heading there and I kind of got cut off at the knees with your text in a very kind, loving way. And, and, and with, by my sponsor too. point the finger. And then where are you being manipulative? You uh-huh. two really, you two just really helped me solve a problem. I'm going to get all teary. You guys, Aww. it's just so beautiful how it works. Yeah you know, and to actively do it and be in it and see it working, feel it working. I do not feel today like I felt back when we initially texted about this. I feel light years away from it actually. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that's why I was hoping to share and hope that that can help somebody, you know, in any way, shape or form. Um, So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And, you know, uh, there will be a podcast in our future, I'm certain, where you've done the same for me um, because I certainly don't have it all figured out. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't. Right. No, <laughs> so, we each other. We yes. extend the hand, which is, I think, um, it's really key. It's yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and if, if you guys have anything to take away from this, um, you know, honesty, I think again, is the antidote, you know, getting honest with yourself about what's really happening, what your part is, looking at the ways that you're lashing out or being manipulative or trying to get your needs, needs served. Mm -hmm. And then the, Second part of that is, you know, being honest to, if it's a relationship thing, being honest with that other person saying, look, this is how I'm feeling. And these are my boundaries and the consequences of, you know, crossing those. Yeah. Enforcement of them. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. And to be honest with you, it's not all resolved. So, but again, I, I don't feel, I do not feel charged. I do not feel um, wonky. I feel pretty sturdy. And I think writing this stuff down really helped me. Um, Having the bullet, you know, the five bullet point of what the boundary was. Um, 
I don't know that I finesse the consequence, um, if for lack of a better word. Um, I'm working on that now, but I got, I got through the turmoil and um, that felt like a beautiful way to, to kind of get through a situation. And I learned a lot. Mm. Oh, well, should wrap this up, I guess. Good conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having it um, on air too. Um, but you know, we, we normally do three things. Do you have, I have some three things kind of related to this situation, um, that I jotted down. Um, but it could be anything, right? Recovery, creativity, anything that we want to share. Um, and this is our, I'm sorry, I forgot it was our show. Um, this is the portion of the show where we, (laughs) see, we're just like, we're on the phone with each other. Um, it's called the unruffled toolbox for anybody that's new and listening. And it's just kind of three items that we share at the end of the show that has helped us over the last week can be related to our recovery, but it could be also related to creativity, anything that's kind of um, sparking our interest. So what you got, Sandra, you got something? I do. Mine are all kind of related to, because I have a lot of balls in the air right now. Mm -hmm. Um, all of my tools are, are in response to that. Um, so my first one is making time for friends, Mm. whether that's phone chats or emails or real time coffee dates, walk and talks, whatever is, um, not putting that on the bottom of the list just because I'm busy. It's still, you know, at the top. So that's that's my first one. Um, I'm just going to, my tool is going to be point the finger at yourself. (laughs) Think about that phrase, you know, point the finger at yourself and see um, what is it that needs to be changed in you? Because that's usually where the turmoil for me is um, and how I can also get to a solution pretty quickly. So this, this exercise really helped me and I'm going to be using that all the time. Ever since we've talked about it and I've even just moved on to other things in my life, I'm like, point the finger back at me. <laughs> What's my deal here? So that's my, that's my first tool. That's a good one. Um, okay. So uh, my next one is making time for my morning routine. Um, again, those things that kind of keep me on the path and not pushing it down to a lower priority just because I have, you know, boxes to pack and other things that are lots of things that are, that are vying for my attention right now, Mm -hmm. keeping it at the top of, of the list. Good. Yeah. It's key for, for mental uh, (laughs) clarity and stability for sure. Yes. Um, the second thing I'm, I've, uh, it's a tool that I doesn't necessarily relate to this situation, but it is something that my sponsor told me to do a long time ago that I think is super helpful in reducing uh, resentments. And I don't think I've ever shared it on the show. Um, one time I went to her, uh, with a text that I'd received from someone and was really upset about it. And I brought it to her and I kind of read it to her and she said, um, who else have you read that text to? And I was like, well, I read it to my sister and I read it to my brother. And she said, why, why did you do that? And I said, uh, I don't, I don't, well, just, I don't know. I just did. And she says, why are you saving that text? Why are you reading it to me today? I said, well, I had to save it. So I had proof. Mm. 
And she was like, I highly recommend deleting texts that might cause you resentments. Mm. You don't need proof, Tammy. I believe you. I'm sure your sister believed you. Like you don't need to keep that because I kept going back to the text and revisiting it. Mm-hmm. And it was not making me feel emotionally very good. Right. And I don't have to keep proof to what court am I presenting this to? <laughs> right. You don't need to head on down to drama town. Right. So <laughs> my, my tool, delete texts that might cause you resentment. That's right? just a really good, specific, actionable thing. Just do it. Because when I delete them out of my text, my phone, they're gone. And really they do leave me. I mean, obviously if it's unaddressed and something really big, it's going to come up again. But instead of miring myself in that feeling and going back and revisiting and then vindicating myself again, every time I read about how right I am, I mean, this does kind of relate to the situation. Um, Just delete, just delete it. It's this beautiful, simple act. And it really, um, it made me feel lighter when I did it Mm -hmm. and I could get over the situation and I did not go to drama town. So Deleting texts that do not serve you or that may cause resentments. Yeah. If you can do that, I, I guarantee you're going to feel a little bit better. At least that's I did. A, that's a good <laughs> one. Again, right? You don't have to <laughs> attend every party you're invited to. I love when you tell me that. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a good, right? Don't have to play. <laughs> don't have to play with that text and write back and be, yeah, no, don't have to play. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, okay. Good one. Uh, so my last one, again, just you'd be surprised though how easy it is to have these things move down the list when you've got so many things that are again vying for my attention but making time for my eight hours of sleep that I know I need it's going to make me a uh, just a person that people want to be around Pleasurable, yeah, affable Sandra, lovely, just, lively. Just, <laughs> yeah, just uh, right. Mm-hmm. Being able to just walk in the world amongst other people. <laughs> it's I need key. to make time for sleep. It's key. Um, well, the last one for me, and I shared it. Uh, I'm thinking I'm, I'm probably going to share this all this year because it's it's really been such an incredible tool for me lately. Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, Morning Pages. Mm. Writing these three pages every morning, downloading, as soon as I stumble out of bed, you know, I pee and brush my teeth and then I go write my morning pages while my water's warming up. Like doing it first thing and downloading what's in my brain. And I mean, it's amazing how much is there when you open your eyelids. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. how did this all get here? It's been, you know, working up all night or something. But then also how solutions are, are, are presented to me as well, first thing. So doing three pages in the morning, first thing, that's my, that's my uh, tool. That's a good one. Oh, wow, we worked it out. We did. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope that's, I hope people aren't like exhausted at the end of the Right. <laughs> Sorry if you are, but you know what? I think, I think you're going to get something from it. Um, and I'm going to investigate the Enneagram more, and I'd love to talk to you about that another time, Sandra. Oh, uh, for sure. Yes. I mean, I, I think I've already said this, but it's like the the longer I dig into it, the more I don't know, um, <laughs> the more I realize I don't know. But um, it's, it's fun. It's not only is it 
an, a good exercise just to learn, you know, more about yourself, but it's beyond just sort of navel gazing because it really invites you to have more compassion and less judgment mm -hmm. for other people and how they do things. Right. And I think even the conversation we could have, Sandra, I'm hoping, um, it's intimidating to even take the journey to figure it out. And I know some of our listeners have been asking about that on their Facebook page. Um, and I know that it, it's probably, there's podcasts devoted to this and it's like, we're not experts in anything, but even if you just want to dabble what I've been doing and um, found a book at the thrift store that I got, I know you recommended a book that was really helpful that I'm going to check out, um, but just some resources for that. So maybe we could talk about that another time. Cause I yeah. think that's, I think that's kind of a interesting, I, it's seeing these words written and having them resonate so deeply with me. Um, it, it, it was helpful. Mm -hmm. It was really helpful in me solving this problem too. And didn't know that I could look at those unhealthy sides of myself and own it rather than saying, that's not me. That's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so maybe another, maybe another show we could do that. Yes. All right. Well, have a great day. Good luck with everything that you got okay. going on. Thanks. Bye. And I'm glad we worked this out. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.